Warning, what follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to We're in Fear, a very educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Was that yep. sometimes we start this show with a question, yep. which I'm sure will go wonderfully in this live setting. Great. So I'm going to ask it. Hypothetically speaking, if there were spots on Earth where supernatural or spiritual energy was concentrated, weird. It's like I almost just talked about it. Literally, almost. It's almost like these just go together, but they were not prepared together. Right. That's for sure. All right. So anyway, spiritual energy was concentrated. Like being centralized or focused, and if there were spots on Earth where energy was leaking from that very Earth, or even even traveling through it. How did we do this whole topic? I know we did not. Do you think people with psychic abilities would want to travel there? Do you think individuals um, with the desire to channel supernatural beings would also want to travel there? Uh, I would think so. Yes, they certainly would. Okay. They would love to go there. Yeah. Okay. So, well, depending on who you talk to. Which again, whenever we have these delightful conversations, you know, we have to make certain caveats. Yeah. But I mean, beliefs in these places are certainly real, and they do exist. Mm -hmm. And these energy points, well, they're scattered all about the Earth. Although scattered might be an inaccurate term, because for those who believe in them, I'm not going to say I don't, but I might. These... Uh, Vortices are said to fall on ley lines that form a grid of energy surrounding the Earth. Okay. Now again, this energy has been described as earthly, natural, psychic, healing, supernatural. The point is, the energy lies at these points, and they are called energy vortices. Okay. Alright. Are you curious about some noteworthy energy vortices? Yeah, I've heard a little bit about them, but I don't really know anything. So, I'm going to tell you a few. I'm intrigued. All right, here we go. Okay, here are some. Um, Glastonbury, England's one. Okay. And some of these might seem obvious because they fascinated people for many reasons, but maybe that's why they were built. Okay. Places like Stonehenge, mm -hmm. um, as Vedra, Ibiza, Spain, um, Haleakala Volcano in Hawaii. I may have pronounced that, so I apologize. No problem. Cool volcano. Uh, the pyramids at Giza. Okay. Uh, Mayan ruins in Tulum, Mexico, mm -hmm. and Machu Picchu in Peru, and even, or maybe especially, Sedona, Arizona. Really? Alright. Do those sound cool? I don't know anything about Sedona, Arizona. Well, well there's a lot, <laughs> but we're not talking about any of those today. Okay. I mean, maybe later, but not today. Alright, so let's, uh, let's jump to upstate New York. Okay. And what time frame are we talking? Uh, how about the first half of the 19th century? Good old 1800s America. Alright. Alright, so all over America during this time period, uh, different religious movements have been flourishing since the turn of the century, and what would be called the Second Great Awakening. Right. It's a big deal. Mm -hmm. uh, during this period, upstate New York was brimming with new religions. In fact, this area was so active that it was called the Burned Over District, which I'm sure some people know and some people don't, but 
Yeah. That's what we get about when we get to talking about stuff here. Yep. Uh, called the Burndorfer District, named as such, one of the reasons, because the excitement of these new religious uh, revivals erupted and spread like wildfire throughout the minds of the local population and then the rest of the country. But I mean, the rest of the country was also kind of doing its own revival thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a lot going on. Yep. Busy time. It was. It certainly was. Um, such infamous religions to arise during this period uh, the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Millerites, the Shakers, and the works of the Fox Sisters, which would eventually give birth to spiritualism. Yeah. All right. So this is kind of the setting. The time and place where George P. Colby was born in 1848 in Pike, New York, to be precise. And there was something off about Colby. Now, he wasn't a normal kid. And his parents knew. After moving to Minnesota, the family had George baptized in waters that were so cold they needed to cut a hole in the ice to go through with it. That sounds fun. How do you feel about that? Uh, chilly. Yeah, you know it's cold when you have to set up like an ice fishing rig to have your baptism. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I'm not you're, a you're a young child. No. I mean, I'm not one to speak for any higher power. I would never presume as much, but maybe. He'd be okay with waiting to let the river thaw at least. Yeah, warm it up a little bit. I'm not even saying summer, I'm just saying like sooner. Yeah. You know. Anyways, um, his parents, you know, George's parents, may have regretted doing this, uh, doing things this way because after this, um, George claimed he could now talk to the dead. Well, that's funny. That's what he got, yeah? That's a long cold dump. That's what I was going to say. It's a massive, that's a massive dump. Yeah. All right, George believed the baptism, quote, and thin the veil between our world and the world into which spirits ascend, allowing him direct contact with those on the other side. Now, have you ever been in water so cold you start seeing ghosts? No, I've been in pretty cold water. Yeah, me neither. But George. But I never seen ghosts. Yeah, George did. That's cool. Yeah, it was. Very cool. So cold. It was so cool he was seeing ghosts. Yep. I like it. Alright, so regardless, uh, George's Baptist parents weren't pleased by his new ghost powers. You know, perhaps causing George to double down on his abilities. You know, maybe if they didn't like this, they shouldn't have pushed back as much. Yeah, they got to see ghosts even harder now. He, he certainly can, because he chose to leave home when he could, choosing to roam up and down the American countryside, spreading his own spiritual teachings. He believed strongly in seances and his services as a medium to channel messages from the dead to the living. So George is all in. This is his life now, which is amazing. And although there are many variations, that is the core of spiritualism. Uh, the belief that souls or personalities survive after death mm -hmm. and continue growing, learning, adapting, and can therefore offer helpful insight to the living in their day-to-day -day lives. Spirits who excel at this from behind the veil become spirit guides. Now, right, as a medium, I mean, George is doing a lot of stuff. George is obviously all about this. During one of his seances, George contacted an indigenous spirit guide by the name of Seneca. At least, this is George's side of the story. Okay. So we have to keep that in mind when we're talking about what George said he saw. Okay. All right. It is what, you know, he had said. I mean, the Seneca people had lived in his area, so maybe George felt some connection there. Regardless, the story goes, again, this is just what George was telling people. So it's how his story goes. That Seneca told of a specific location where George should set up shop 
and create a spiritual com uh, campground, sorry, or compound, either way, a base, whatever you want to call it. A place where spiritualists could get together and do spiritualist stuff. Sure. And this location, you may have guessed, is positioned on an energy vortex. Okay. How do you feel about that? It's probably a good choice for a new spot for... I would think so. Right? It would also come to be called, you know, as time goes on, the psychic capital of the world. Huh. In Wisconsin? Not Wisconsin. No, no, no. no. But uh, so where is this location? All right. Not Wisconsin. Not Wisconsin. But I got another uh, totally hypothetical question. Okay. Um, if you were living in New York, what do you hate? What do you really think would get your goat about living in New York? Perhaps the northern part of the state. You know? Maybe. What do you What do you think you would like up there? The winters, maybe? Oh yeah, I guess yeah. It's a little chilly. Yeah. So how do you feel about upstate New York winters? Experience any of those? I have actually. I know. <laughs> yeah. uh, driving in sucks. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. All right. So New York winters. Imagine New York winters before cars even. Yeah. Oh, oh dear. Mm -hmm. New York winters with the modern amenities of the mid 1800s sounds not so good. Right. Kind of horrifying. Now I'm not saying this played a role in where George decides to end up, okay. uh, but it sure as hell helped him convince other people to join him. Sure. Like, hey. Sick of being up here in cold New York? Let's come down to Florida. Okay. Can you win some spirits? Mm -hmm. I'm down. Again, because New York was also full of spiritualists looking to do spiritual stuff. Many would follow George in 1875 from the Casadega Free Lakes Association of Casadega, New York, near Lilydale, all the way to warm, sunny, well, sometimes, always humid. They all went to Florida. Yeah. Alright, All right. we're nine years after their initial settlement, the Southern Casadega Spiritualist Camp Meeting Association. It's a nice, concise name. That's I already the, forgot what you said. That's what I like about it, that's good. Mm -hmm. uh, could be created in 1894. Cool. Alright, so the 100, about 100 acres, I've read some server reports, maybe like 50, 60. Sure. Anyways, the land that George, you know, graced his presence with became his homestead. Uh, and the family settled there after traveling by train, boat, and eventually foot. They were walking through like the marshlands to get there, whatever, you know. Any means necessary. Correct. Yeah. Right. And this would eventually be the foundation of Casadega, Florida. A community just 35 miles north of Orlando. Wow, what did I say that way? Orlando, sorry. Something in my throat. Yeah. <clears throat> in unincorporated Volusia County. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, the psychic capital. Of the world. Now, Florida. spiritualists. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm surprised it's in Florida. I know. I was more surprised about Wisconsin, but right, yeah, yeah. No, missed out. Missed out on Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. They weren't looking for any good cheese, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now, anyways, or beer. Now, you know, spiritualists from around the globe would flock to this humble abode. Again, a lot of people started to congregate in this area. Now, Casadega would build hotels to house visitors and expand generally as growing towns do. It was really raging in the 1920s, leading up to the time George Colby himself passed away in 1933. In the town where people center and talking to the dead, there is no cemetery, at least not technically, in Casadega. What does that mean? It just means there's like no, there's no cemetery in like their communal area, their town. Oh, so they're it, all outside the town. 
just outside. The town cemetery is in nearby Lake Helen. And that is where Colby is buried. Okay. Now there is a lot of talk, or there is a lot to talk about, regarding Casadega, Colby, and spiritualism as a whole. No, we don't have time for that today. Yeah, that's a big topic. It's a huge topic. Yeah. And like, Casadega is an entire thing. When I was looking into it, there's like a whole podcast about it, so like, yeah. there's a lot to look up. Okay. But that's kind of like the bare bones, kind of the, you know, the, the too long, didn't read. Yeah. Although I did read a lot to make it that concise, but that's beside the point. Okay. But remember, how I started this episode telling you about the phenomenon of energy vortices. Yeah. Vortices, you can say it either way, it doesn't matter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna science you a little bit. Okay. Or at least supposed science. Sure. All right. This is from uh, BeMyTravelNews.com. It's in a segment of an article called Energy Vortexes. What are they, where are they, and why are they spiritual? Because that's one thing that, um, again, just from my readings, like spiritualists also, they embrace the scientific method. Like they can try to explain things scientifically about the afterlife and those kind of things. Right. Alright, so this is the first time I had heard this really phrased this way, so I'm going to read it. Okay. okay. Alright. So we're just going to go with the logic steps and things that they make, and we're just going to roll with it. Sure. The rule of cool, here we go. Alright. First, quantum physics is the branch, also I'm not qualified to talk about quantum physics, but here we go, is the branch of physics which concerned with the smallest units of our universe, atoms and subatomic particles. Now by studying these subatomic particles, uh, quantum physicists have observed that these particles are made up not only of substantive matter, but also of swirling vortexes of intangible energy. Okay. That's one way to describe an atom. Yeah. I mean, spinning, right? It certainly is. Therefore, everything in existence can be argued to also be made up of swirling vortexes of energy. So, like, everybody in this room right now, we're all the swirling balls of energy. Yeah. Cool, good. It's a good mind-opening thought to have at 3.30 in the afternoon. Right. It's fine. Yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna keep going. If on the subatomic level, everything contains non-substantive energy, it is probable that the Earth, again, energies within the Earth itself, the soil, the whatever, would be home to the same, uh, to some kind of energy field from all this energy. So maybe certain parts of the Earth just have it concentrated in different matters. And then to uh, sum up this last paragraph, if we're energy, and the Earth is energy, energy reacts with each other, that could explain the ability to feel a difference in our physical, emotional, and spiritual selves at geographical energy vortexes. After all, if we're just swirling bodies of energy, it would make sense that we would be receptive to other swirling bodies of energy. Yeah. So this explains why we would be drawn to such vortexes on the Earth. Yeah, just more spinning energy. Just more spinning energy. It's the first time I had heard it kind of put together that way. I yeah. guess in some way I always thought about it that way. But like, kind of working some physics, alright. Yeah. I'm here for it. Alright. How do you feel about that? These physics are cool. Kind of cool. Physics are cool. I also thought after reading that, isn't that kind of just a long-winded way to say like the force is real? Mm -hmm. This is the force? Force. That's the force. Yeah. I don't know how many metachlorines are in your blood, but the force is real. Cool. Alright. Alright, so anyways, that was the first phenomenon that I was talking about. There's another. Alright. Okay. So you have mediums specifically channeling all of their energy to talk to the dead on an area where energy essentially channels itself. 
So the energy is supposed to balance you, heal you, help you? Okay. But what else could the energy do? I mean, psychic energy is psychic energy, and sometimes, depending on how you react, the force, the force has a dark side, after all. Wow, we're getting... You're really trying to get me to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> we're just smoking. I'm just smoking so hard. I mean, if you can talk about George Art Banks in the public space, I'd be very happy. Yeah, well, well, no. All right, that's fine. Skip that. That's fair, that's fair. All right, so, about that cemetery. All right. It has been in use since, uh, basically, you know, George Colby and his family settled the area. My point is, it's over. All right, so what if someone wanted to talk to a spirit that was more than a ghost? What if someone wanted to talk to something that was more than an angel, but maybe worse than a demon? I don't know, maybe you talk about this guy in the, your episode, your half of this episode. What if part of the cemetery um, channeled the Prince of Darkness himself? Okay. Uh, Satan. Yeah, Okay. good guy. Good, he's, a, he's a guy. Here comes that other phenomenon, because within this cemetery rests a means to commune with Lucifer himself. That's fun. Isn't that fun? That's what I would say. Yeah, hashtag fun, talking to the most evil being in existence, I guess depending on your point of view. Yeah. Within the uh, Casadega Lake Helen Cemetery is the phenomenon known as a devil's chair. A chair specifically built or demonically repurposed to discuss dealings with the devil. Or again, so the legend goes. Okay. Because that's what we're talking about here. We're mm -hmm. talking about legends, right? Yep. It's not the only cemetery in which a uh, devil's chair resides in these United States. There are noteworthy chairs, at least as far as Wikipedia is concerned, which again, always reliable. Yeah. Never doubt Wikipedia. Nope. It's there for us. Yep. Okay. It's full of facts. Full of facts. Sometimes. Alright, but anyways, these uh, noteworthy chairs are in Iowa, Missouri, New York, Ohio, Vermont, Georgia, don't worry, I wasn't going to list all 50 states. <laughs> that was, that'd be a little much. Yeah. But even our good old Illinois. Nice. We're at uh, over indicator. Hmm. All those things are topics amongst, you know, unto themselves. Mm -hmm. So those will have to wait. Because we've got a sunshine seat to talk about, and the Florida chair we are discussing owes its strength to its unique location near Casadega. Uh, the vortex and the constant concentration of the spiritualists. Not to mention how many actual spirits might just be thriving about in the area. Again, swirling bodies of energy. Sure. All right, so what's this chair look like? I was going to show you a picture, but then I forgot, so that's on me. Does it look cool? It's kind of cool, yeah. It, the way I describe it doesn't sound cool, so I apologize, but it's kind of cool. All right. All right, this chair is a massive red brick construction. It almost looks like, uh, you know, like an outside stone pizza oven. Like an outside grill, kind of, yeah. sort of. Or like a chair made of Legos, because it doesn't look very comfortable to sit in. It's just very blocky. Okay. But again, I mean, it's like a... If you're getting a room with you, you really need to be comfortable? No. Yeah, comfort should be on your mind. Yeah, you might think about other stuff. Correct. Evil stuff. Probably. All right. So anyways, yeah. It's a pizza oven. It's gonna let you talk to a hot place. I mean, I'm just, I'm just talking about hell. More hell talk. Mm -hmm. All right, so legend goes that if you sit on the chair, you will hear whispers, voices. Okay. But they won't be the big bad. No. No. 
Now you might also see dark, shadowy figures appear in the distance. You may feel watched. But what if you want to talk to the big bad? What if you want to see the big bad? What if you're trying to make a pact with the devil? I mean, what if? What if you're just having a crazy time? Yeah. All right. How do you get his attention? Well, he might have to sit on the throne at midnight. Some legends say sitting is enough, but others say you have to give him what I'll call the sign. Now, nobody else calls it this. I'm just choosing to call it this. Okay. It's the sign. So again, I'm sure you're wondering, what is the sign? Yeah, what is it? What else could the devil need from you? My soul? The devil needs a beard. Oh. Oh. Yeah, oh, that's right. That's much more doable. It's very doable, right? Yeah. Again, it just said like a beard, so I'm sure you'd be excited if you brought like a 30 case or something. But, sure. But that's right. If you bring an unopened can of beer for Satan and place it on the chair or on the grave next to the chair, it's a lot to handle, <laughs> and leave it overnight, when you come back in the morning, the can will still be sealed, but the can will be empty. Oh. Oh, yeah, right? Huh. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you're the yeah. Prince of Darkness, you don't need to open things. Yeah. I mean, no, he just, he just sucks it out. Yeah. That's just, what, that's just what the king of hell does. I mean, some legends also say the beer can will just be gone altogether, or will be opened and the beer inside will be drank, you know. The main thing to take away from this is that if you leave a beer in a graveyard, it's going to get drank. Okay. But if the can or bottle isn't open, it was probably Satan. <laughs> Another legend goes that a young man was dared by his friends to sit on the chair, and upon doing this, he simply vanished. Did Satan make his dream come true? Or maybe the man was punished because he didn't bring him a beard. Who knows? Maybe. But he vanished. Now, in reality, the chair was constructed by an older man who lost his wife so he could rest after walking to sit by her grave in the 1920s. That sounds more reasonable. Why did it make it so uncomfortable, though? Well, I mean, he's just, I don't know. No. Maybe he wasn't the best chair smith. That's not a thing. Yeah. It was one of many in the tradition of mourning chairs, which were big stone sculpted chairs, which eventually would go out of fashion. But I mean, they're just all over, you know, cemeteries and sitting. You know, leaving behind something. Um, so once people stopped using them, people would just see these chairs. Yeah. People do what people do. They tell stories. Right. Add some legends to it. Yeah, of course. I mean, you see this big intimidating chair over there. Who else is going to sit in it? Now, at some point, people stopped sitting in decorative graveyard chairs. Again, they basically just got replaced by benches. Mm -hmm. But I mean, any excuse to hang out in a cemetery is cool by me. Yep. All right, so locals of Casadega hate when kids or college students participate in legend tripping. You've heard about that, right? Yeah. You know, just daring your friends to do spooky stuff or do spooky things. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes it's just called trespassing, but I legend tripping sounds way cooler. That sounds cooler. But also, I mean, beyond trespassing, the bad kids can do vandalisms. That's not good. Right. All right, so if you are in Casadega Lake Kellen Cemetery, after dark, you will be arrested, especially on Halloween, where sometimes it can be blocked off by the spiritualists for the rituals. Or so the stories say. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling about this place? Sounds like a lot going on, yeah? Yeah, there's a lot going on. But, if you sit on the chair and hear voices, whose voices are you hearing? Like, maybe we should spin away from the demonic? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe we're hearing you know, the voices of the woman who passed and the man who would walk long distances to sit by her grave. 
Like, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe we don't have to be dramatic and get all, you know, like I said, demonic. We don't have to get that dark. I mean, maybe any energy you feel in the chair is just, you know, the energy of a couple in love. You know, continuing to love long after their bodies have lapsed. Maybe that's a positive, mature note to end on. Yeah, okay. Maybe. Maybe. But maybe I just told you all that to just say, you know, if you're looking for something to do outside of Orlando, you can take a 35-minute drive and just drink a beer with the devil. Pick up a six-pack. Yeah, just leave it, for, leave, leave it for Satan, right? Either way, I thought that story about the devil's chair was pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. And Cassidy, it kind of opened my mind to more stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, here in we're in fear, the, uh, the rule of cool always wins out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed our ramblings today. Yeah. Hopefully we learned something. Hopefully. If you want to continue talking about spooky stuff, I'll be at the uh, Sinister X booth over there where I'm selling all my wares and goods. And, yeah. and I'll join Nick for a little bit. And so, I'll be over there yeah, so we'll all be hanging out. But otherwise, everybody, enjoy the rest of the market and uh, stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky.